Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness on the Road, and we're desperately trying to bring a little clash to the pod class. I mean, with Zach, how can you? But... We all can't see this, but the middle finger's up. But we're at what I consider the finest restaurant in Rochester, and yes, Zach would say Waldo's Hot Dogs, but we're at Avino, and we're glad to have Janine and Ben here. Say hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Want to give us a little background about yourself and this and that? Oh, sure. Uh, my name is Janine Wasley, and I own a restaurant called Avino. We're in Brighton on Monroe Avenue. Uh, I've been in the restaurant business 21 years, uh, and I absolutely love it. I've done pretty much every job in the business. Uh, ben and I met about, what, 12, 12 years? 15 years ago. Um, we worked together at Max Trap House for a very long time. and Five years. Yeah, when, he, uh, when we opened here, he came on over, and we've been a team ever since. Let's see, something, Ben? Absolutely. Um, working for Janine for five years at Max Chop House. Um, we had a really good team over there, and um, when she left, we were a little bummed, but <clears throat> when we found out she was opening up a new spot, uh, I was flattered that she gave me uh, an opportunity, you know, um, seven-year itch over there at Max Chop House, and come over here and uh, work a little harder and um, put our best foot forward. And uh, the bull wheel is turning. Uh, we're definitely reaping uh, the rewards of our hard work, so... Um, yeah, I'm really happy that uh, Janine opened this place and made it a home for uh, for us as a family here at Avino. Uh, I have to say, I've known you how many years? Amazingly long. Probably the same amount and of time. And I'm glad you yeah, said your last know. name because I really didn't know how to pronounce it the right way. But one of the things I was going to say is I was asked one time when I got you a birthday present years ago, I asked Stephanie back in Dublin, and I asked what to get for you. And she said, she likes food. <laughs> so I think that was what she yes, said. Yes. And after that, I wonder why restaurant? Why did what got you interested in doing this? I I like taking care of people. Um, it feels really good to give someone a, a good hospitality experience. And everyone's lives are really crazy and busy. And there's a lot going on, especially in the state of our administration right now. But when people walk into the restaurant here, they kind of shut off for an hour or two and I love that ability to just let people relax and forget about their problems for a little bit and uh, have some good food and drink. And anybody and certainly you're going to come down here but I think it's beautiful in here. And, no, it is. I, and this is one of these places I've driven by it a lot never actually been in. It, it's a it's and, in a strange location on Monroe. It's a convenient location because it's right off 590 yeah, it's right off the, but it's tucked back yeah. from the road a, a bit so unless you kind of know that you're looking for it, it you can miss it. Well it's the thing because he'd mentioned it in the past every time I drive by I'm like oh there's a vino. Because yeah. <laughs> I always say you have to get something. Well and look he told me to look at the menu and oh my god it looked good. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh yes. It looked really but then now good. you know my weird segues okay we talked about the menu now Pro wrestler J.J. Dillon, this will make sense in a minute. Oh, gosh. Uh, he talks about a wrestling, he talks about putting together a wrestling card now. You have it this way and this way, so you have the drama. Is there a way to put a menu together to have a really good dining experience? You want to have something for everyone. Uh, for us, it's about balance. We want to have fun with it and have some really unique things. Uh, we also want to have ingredient, you know, utilize ingredients that are local. And then there's something we call the fourth guest. Um, there's some people that are not super adventurous and we want to have kind of some, I don't know, more traditional dishes for them. Well, for so that's like when a, my dad's here, it's the Avino burger and I'm yelling at him every time. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone has different palates and uh, especially with dietary restrictions these days, you know, gluten-free and dairy-free and nut-free and 
people are on keto and Paleo all these crazy and, diets. Exactly. I don't want to so, know. I heard the probiotic one when I picked up something at the pharmacy. And I said, I do yoga. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know this. But we deal with the general public, and it is important that we create something for everyone. And this, it's the same with our wine list and our cocktail program. It's not just what I like. It's giving... Hi, Charlie. Everyone say hi to Charlie. Hi, hi Charlie. Charlie. Hi, <laughs> Good morning. I love the live these live. Ones. <laughs> like, you never know what's going to happen. But. Charlie owns regional distributing, so well, he takes I, care of all of our paper products. But and what stuff. you were saying about the people that may not have adventurous palates, that reminds me of something somebody said. It's a, the, the two-thirds rule. If you can get them familiar and comfortable with two out of three ingredients, they'll more than likely try it. That's a good rule. Try the bar rule. Yeah. If you have enough at the bar, you'll try it. You yeah. won't even know. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, if you think, because it was a guy who was, who was pitching the, the health benefits, actually, of eating insects. So he would, like, you know, a, a banana with peanut butter and, like, fried ants. So they know what right. a banana is. They yeah, know what peanut, peanut butter, butter is. It's like, okay, I'll try it yeah. because it's... I think that would apply to most people. And sometimes you see on menus nowadays, well, okay, here's a protein, here's this, here's that, and everything. <laughs> But also, talking about drinks, you are a sommelier. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, I'm a sommelier, yes. A professional wine alcoholic. (laughs) So are all of us, pretty much. I I have a certification, so, yeah. I know, because I always ask you to recommend wines. Do you have, like, pretty much favorites here? Or do you just try to do a balance? Yeah, again, it's all about balance. And with the wine list, it's picking out wines that go well with the food. Um, Again, we try to find really kind of interesting varietals and regions. And uh, we try to support Constellation brands as much as we can as well, being a local company, Finger Lakes Wines. So it's just, it's all about balance. I've had that thing in my head, too, where before I've gotten expensive wines, literally one of them I got one place, tasted like tin. And I always say, you don't have to get anything really pricey for it to be good. Not at all. You always hear the thing that the second most expensive bottle is the best. Is there any truth to that from the restaurateur's perspective? Is it? Um... You know, if you go to the liquor store, the bottles that are between thirteen and twenty dollars are yeah. usually good values. The more expensive the wines get, the more complex sometimes they are, uh, the more rare they are. And I'm wondering if there's just like the kind of a snooty factor, I guess. Like, oh, look what I have. That's part of it. Well, there's one. Have you ever read Peter Miles' book? No, uh, it's called The Good Years. The movie by Russell Crowe is really bad. But what happens in the book? These guys they die and the help inherits the vineyard and they bring somebody who doesn't know anything what they're doing is they're ripping off people by basically taking the noble rot and everything and mm-hmm. saying it's this really expensive wine for $300,000 because it's rare everybody's buying this crap yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that definitely happens I too. think it comes down to perceived value yeah um, I'll make an example of Pappy Van Winkle which is a pretty sought after uh, bourbon Pappy. and <clears throat> it's the old adage uh, if you ever seen some Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Right. I, I will transpose it to if you charge it, they will pay it. I feel like sometimes just because of the perceived value there, it's a great bourbon. Oh, it is. There's other great thing. bourbons out there that aren't as expensive, and I think it, it, it carries over to wine as well. Um, sure, you can get an Opus One or um, Sesakaya or you know some big wine that has become very popular. I think that is a lot of times why it drives up the price and the allocation. They only make so much of it and it's highly sought after, but there are a lot of great wines out there for 30, 40, 50 bucks. The other thing too is you yeah. seem to travel a bit too and you bring some of the foods like from there. Does that influence what you have here? Because I, yeah. I love your travel pictures. <laughs> we travel as much as possible. Um, it's just being in another place and trying their food and their wine and experiencing their culture, even breathing the air in different locations it's very inspiring 
we won't necessarily steal ideas, but you might get inspired by trying a different varietal that you've never had before or seeing a, the plating of a certain food. They're like, oh, that's really well, that, interesting. That's one of the things I found about here, too, as well, is I think there is, as you said, when you come here, there is something for everyone. We because try, there really yeah. is, because if you look at the menu, there's really eclectic. It's yeah. not like you go somewhere, it's okay, this one thing in 14 different ways. Right. And everything. Yes. And You're I know. Right. A lot of Italian restaurants, they have chicken piccata, chicken French, chicken whatever. This, yeah. And it's just yeah. the same breaded chicken breast with ten different sauces. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the same thing. And yeah. the other one was some of the people shouldn't be afraid to try eclectic. Like, I'll give a shout out to Moondog Dave, who you know very well. Mm-hmm. And he's been here, my friend Dave. He loves the octopus here. Mm-hmm. And he said he went to Greece and he had it, not New York, though. You know, the yes. country. <laughs> and he, he said it was, Greece, it was New York was renowned for its seafood industry. <laughs> I, who knows? We no don't, apologies we, to Greece. We have the Erie Canal, I guess, if you're safe enough. But he said it was better than what he had in Greece. Nice. And we were very bummed because it was sold out last time. We were, That's we, one of the dishes that we can't take off the menu. It but it, it, yeah. but it's also an item that will scare people. It's See, octopus. I, if I could eat it, it I actual, would try it. Because no, I'm it's allergic like, to seafood, so I yeah. can't eat it. Oh, no. What is? But it's one of those things, if I could eat it, I would try it for sure. Yeah. What is the oddest food you've seen like, come across, like, in all experience, like, with this? Something weird? Anything? Uh, right now we have veal tongue downstairs, and Ooh. we have a pig's heart that they're curing. Um, so they'll take some of the awful meats and do some interesting things with those. Uh, sea urchin's another one that not everyone loves it's kind of a, a unique I had to laugh at that because I remember one restaurant one sushi restaurant I got to know them like you have to love try this uni mm-hmm. I thought it tasted like sewage myself right it's not for everyone it's a sea urchin ceviche I think is that one dish yeah that, that I saw prepared other than that I hadn't really seen it before I know I had monkfish liver which was really yes we actually have monkfish liver coming in next week. It's got a pronounced uh, flavor that really yeah. does. It's almost like foie gras if it's you sear it and do it rich, correctly. Yeah, it's yeah. really rich and quite well, delicious. For, for people out there that have never had tongue before, it is fantastic. Or yeah. not tongue and heart, too. Well, especially the, they chop it up and put it in a taco. You put yeah, anything in a taco, well, I admit, delicious. I think it's presentation because I remember my mom really loved tongue. Yeah. So I remember as a kid though, like going in the refrigerator <laughs> and seeing... Yeah. A tongue. Oh my gosh. And that's sort of, you know how you get that where it's, ooh, but it is very good though. It's old school. It is. Yeah. It's just like, like any trotters. other muscle you oh, eat. Yeah. Like the knuckles. Yeah. What's the difference if you're eating an arm muscle or a leg muscle or the tongue muscle? I mean, yeah. you're well, eating part of an animal. Conceived notion you yeah. have. It, like um, the head. first time I ever had uh, beef heart, my cousin made it. He marinated it in, I think, teriyaki sauce and grilled it. Mm-hmm. It only takes like two, three minutes to grill because it's it's such a lean meat. And I know you've had marrow here because you've had marrow, right? Yeah, it's like meat butter. Yeah. Marrow is yep. meat butter. That's meat what butter. I call it, steak butter. Yeah, we have that on the yeah. menu right now. But oh, the, that heart, so it was like really soft beef jerky. It was really good. Mm. And everybody ate it, and then he told them what it was, and they still ate it. Yeah. It doesn't, It you know, it's something like if you can get over the initial shock factor that, hey, this is was the lifeblood of an animal, it's fine. It's delicious. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, do you have a favorite though of food in particular for yourself? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Well, yes, we one. have to be different. We get that here. question. What's good? What do, what's good? What do you like? 
like, well, it depends we didn't on like my it mood. Be on the and I admit, right. I don't like those good. questions or what's your all time I favorite. I love, like, cheese. I could Me live too. on, like, baguette and really funky cheeses forever. That's, like, my weakness. Yeah. Plus, French fries with any sort of, like, mayo based sauce. That's a weakness. Jeez. And I was going to say, French do you have, fry monster. Like, I love French oh, yes. fries. Oh, yes. French fry monster. For the yeah. cookie monster, you need to eat the French fries. Really healthy diet. French yes, fries well, and yeah, is that your guilty pleasure though? Yeah. Would be fried because I remember oh, yeah. back in the day, way back when we were like in our teens, but we got it illegally, like getting plates there from Dublin. Yes, like that. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm a sucker for French fries. Yeah, I am too. I'm not a sweet person. Like if you put a piece of cake in front of me or French fries, like I'm totally going for. No, French I see that. I know a lot of people like well. I don't know what they're about. They're more the salt cheeses and stuff. Sweet potato fries. But that's fun. That's <laughs> what about you, Ben? What's your yeah? I love pasta. I like a good red sauce, <clears throat> some good meatballs, um, just hearty comfort food. <clears throat> um, I like a good grilled cheese and homemade tomato soup. Oh yeah. But um, I'd probably say yeah, pasta is my weak, my weak point. Yeah, there's a lot of you could do so much with it. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. it's a universal food. Yeah, there's so many different. I mean, bucatini. Yeah. Farfall. Yeah. My mom's lasagna. Radiatory. Too. Yeah, yeah, lasagna. That's yeah. another good one. My just mom's make. lasagna and the lasagna at Rocco. Like, oh, I, the lasagna at yeah. Rocco is oh, so good. But now, for the Apparel. design here as well, did you do all this yourself, I think? Yeah. I remember that because I remember when you were putting it together. Yeah, this was a hair salon before, so there was some structural things we couldn't move, and it was kind of a, a weird collaboration of walls and things that were here, and uh, we kind of built it around what we were given. And I forget, what does a vino mean? We shortened a wine term called, or a wine term, avinare, which means to rinse with wine. So it's a process of preparing glassware and decanters for a proper wine service. Um, so for example, if you went in your kitchen cupboard and pulled out a wine glass and you smelled it, it would smell like cedar or wood or soap, or it would smell like something. Yeah. So if you take the wine you're about to drink, pour like a half ounce in it, swirl it around the glass, alcohol is a natural cleanser, dump it down the drain, then smell your glass, it's only gonna smell like that wine. So it essentially cleanses it. So, so kind of like when you make like a, a martini and you put some- uh, Like the vermouth, vermouth in the in glass. There. Yeah. Similar, similar concept, yeah. Oh, I did say, I knew you said that before, but I just- It's it's more common in Europe than it is here. Um, a lot of places we go to in Europe, it's, it's fairly standard. That's how they serve your wine. They will take a little bit of it and they'll rinse everyone's glass at the table and they'll dump that wine out and then serve I it. I remember we at one time coming from Soviet Union, it was a Soviet Union time to Warsaw, they gave you, it's like a glass, they put a consomme in it, like a raspberry, then they put Polish potato vodka in it because it was like rocket fuel almost. Wow. Literally, if you drank it straight. Yeah. I mean, it was bad enough then. And then they don't tell you they close the bathrooms on the train like at midnight. <laughs> uh, so we're like, I'm holding my friend by the neck, going outside in the car. <laughs> what? It was quite the trip. It was oh, like we were trying. We, the Soviet Union fell shortly after, so I take sort of a blame for that. But I remember that because that's the way they would always serve it. They said, you don't want to have this unless it's diluted. Mm -hmm. So that was... <laughs> that Polish potato vodka will hurt you. Yes, it's very... Oh interesting <laughs> but it's amazing what you can do with potatoes well I'm looking man the, there's some booze in here man I mean yeah, there's a lot out yeah, there a couple uh, two tree bottles yeah two tree couple yeah. but I'm looking there's I mean all kinds of different stuff we got a good bourbon shelf over there with a lot of stuff that I either have in my house or want in my house it's fresh for scotch yeah, yeah like Sazerac is one of my favorite ryes and every time I see it at the store, I buy like two, three bottles because it always goes away for a while. Yeah. 
What would be one? In terms of alcohol, what would be something you would call probably really good, but not a lot of people really order it and would think of it as being good? Well, bourbons are really hot right now. Um, still real hot. Uh, Rise have made a huge um, outing at bars, so probably you know eight, nine, ten years ago, rye was not a thing, and recently, all sorts of good products out there. Um, we like to use Rittenhouse. It's a great rye for the money. Um, we got some other higher end ryes and things. Um, we just yeah. got a Maryland style rye in, which is um, a little bit softer. Yeah. Uh, I, I asked this bartending question because having worked at bars for years, do you ever get somebody come in to ask for that weird drink that nobody orders anymore? Yes. Yeah, once in a while. Brandy <laughs> Alexander. Right, or a lime rookie, or a, you know. Lime rookie. There, there's all sorts of there, there's arrows that every bartender should have in their quiver. Um, obviously, you know, on our cocktail list, we're not going to put a Cosmo on there because people, you know, should know how to make a Cosmo. You yeah. should, that should be pretty self-explanatory. People will come and say, "Well, you know, there's Moscow Mule isn't on your cocktail list. Can you make them? Absolutely, we can make yeah, a Moscow Mule." But on the cocktail list, those are generally just kind of recommendations. So you can go outside, you know, your wheelhouse and try something new. Because we would get some hilarious sometimes what we would get. We'd always get it would always be something with Drambuie. That would be one of those where you never like heard rusty, about rusty it. Rusty nails yeah. 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 My dad, delicious. My dad is a huge I know, I had my rusty nails back that. in the college days. So. Or no, yeah. What the hell? I was at this bar, and I'm blanking on the name of the one in Chicago, but I ordered a, I ordered a Manhattan, and the first question he asked me was, what kind of ride do you want in it? Right. I said, okay, I, I'm in a good place. And I said, well, what's your house ride? Templeton. Yeah. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. All right. That's I'm, a great ride. I am good. But all I have to say is if you haven't been here, you have to come out here. I know. I'm, and thanks, I can't guys. recommend that enough. I'm looking happy hour specials. I'm coming for a $4 room. Oh, try that punch she puts out sometimes. That's yeah, yeah, the this summer we did we do, we do a sangria and a punch. Yeah. They're really the incredible. Spring, summer, They're fall. really interesting. But thanks for having us yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah. Do a little plug, info for yeah, people. Yeah, plug plugs. In, plug, whatever plugs. You want. Oh I gosh. need hair plugs. You can plug <laughs> the restaurant. Um, I don't know. Come see us. We're open Tuesday through Saturday evenings. We do private events on uh, Sundays and Mondays. And uh, here's a little secret that we haven't told the public yet. We'll tell you first. So you guys are looking at these blueprints right here. Yeah. It's not a... Okay. I, I always think of mad scientists or something. I know. We something. just got approved. We're building out a kitchen at a venue called the Wilder Room, which is at 120 East Avenue, the old Rochester Club. Oh, it's oh a beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful space. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of catering there for weddings and private events. So nice. That's a big thing in the pipeline for us in oh, the upcoming year. Do you have any... Like, I know that horrible day for the Valentine's Day is coming and all that. Do you have like a, anything coming up around that? Or you said a wine tasting? We have a wine dinner February 4th, which is a Monday. We're going to be featuring some wines from... From um, Vienne, we visited a winery just above, or just be below Lyon when we were in France. So some Northern Rhone varietals. So that's five courses with wine pairings for 85 bucks. And then yeah, Valentine's Day was a, it's a crazy weekend. That Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll be cranking. That's, yeah. when I, that's when I sit with my bottle of scotch and watch my bloody Valentine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always, what we'll be doing Sunday. That's, that's yeah, my that's tradition. Definitely, after the holidays, I know we're crazy. When I came in. I remember having to barely find a parking spot, yeah. which is good. It's very good. good. Yeah, December is a very busy. December and February are our busiest months. But that's good though. And this address, because I always I want to make sure you say. I looked it. it up just to make sure. Twenty five forty one Monroe Ave. Someone's doing a good I was job. Afraid oh, I was gonna, I, I've been here, but I know how to get here. But it's like, go down Monroe, and when you see the sign turn, 
and you'll find it. 2541 Monroe Avenue. Website is avino.com? AvinoRochester.com. And you're on Facebook. Two Vs. It's two Vs. A-V-V-I-N-O Rochester. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And look at the menu. You'll be very, very happy you did. The problem always is, what do you want to get? Bring friends so you can get a little little something for, you know, things to share. Yeah, we'll get to buy something different. Very good. And thanks a lot. And thanks for having us. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers, guys.